0: welcome back to the way she radio show so that was moulin rouge and the reason we've been playing that is it was specially chosen by my guest zoe charles hello zoe hi how are you doing today I'm doing
1: really well thank you it is a
0: beautiful day out there today isn't it stunning so lovely and sunny there's not even a cloud in the sky
1: i know summer has come back to us it's so gorgeous
0: But it's lovely to be here in the radio station and chatting to you this afternoon and hopefully we're going to be inspiring some of the listeners. And I'm actually just going to put a Facebook Live on as well now so people on Facebook can actually have a watch of what's going on in the studio. So while I do that, Zoe, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, so...
1: uh Right, um, so I um, run the It School of burlesque I'm the founder of it, um, that is a bulletsk school that was started in 2007, so this is our 11th year, and what we do is all about, well we're based on three words, inspiration, empowerment and fun, and for the last 11 years it has been our mission to provide a space for women um, to feel inspired by who they are, empowered by who they are and have a ridiculous amount of fun, and it's, just continues to be a pleasure.
0: So, for those that are listening and they're not even sure what burlesque is, can you explain to us about what is burlesque and a little bit about the history?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, burlesque, when I first started the school, um, no one really knew what that word meant. I think a lot of people now do know because it's a bit more mainstream, but for those who don't, um, burlesque, the word, means to turn something in an upside-down fashion. It means to make a mockery or a satire. Today, it's more um, synonymous of people like Dieter Von Teese, who are striptease artists that are, you know, uh, inspired by the 50s and look very, very classic. But actually, originally, it was more to do with comedy and more to do with satire. Um, and you can trace it back to the ancient Greek. You would have had like uh, street theatre, and they've gone out there with these little paddles and they spanked each other on the bottom, and that's what burlesque would have been back Mm -hmm. then. (laughs) It's evolved massively um, now. I mean, we had uh, two distinct places in um, the late 1900s in the music hall and also in middle class parlours. So it would have been like kind of raucous music hall songs, and it would have also been like charades. So again, this style of satire, taking the Mickey out of the royals, the politicians, anyone who was in power. When it went over to America with a woman called Lydia Thompson, things changed a little bit and eventually through the 1930s, uh, things like Speakeasies opened, as you might know from films like Bugsy Malone and Boardwalk Empire and the, the Burlesque Striptease was born and it carried on like that until about the 1960s um, and then you had things like Playboy opened which was more about now what we consider the conventional striptease. So Burlesque had really sort of drifted from its roots and disappeared but it's come back just hugely and it's come back i think it's been coming back since the 1990s we've performers like Dita Von Teese and a modesty Blaze. And now it is everywhere. I mean, I think people thought it might be a fad, but one of the things that's so great about burlesque now, the neo-burlesque movement, the movement that we have reclaimed and reinvigorated, is is so empowering for women to take part in. And it's so empowering to watch and fun and inspiring and creative and theatrical. And it's more like going to see a night of stand-up than it is going to see a player you know it's very very interactive and it makes you feel incredibly good and incredibly connected
0: and that's exactly how I felt when I think it was last Friday well not the Friday just gone the one before that it was Burlesque Idol so I went to watch that and I just found it so entertaining like each of the um, performers had such a different style and I really loved how they were able to come out and be themselves. And also the fact that they used the platform to educate us. So the last two who were actually the judges, one of them educated us on breast cancer and the other one talked to us about body positivity, which is obviously, for me as well, I really love hearing things like that and it's so empowering for all the people in the audience. So they had us, like, standing up and fingers in the air. <laughs> what shouting was the fingers things. in the air
1: for? I wanted to uh, you Well, it was that. a swear
0: word, so obviously I can't say it on air, but it was basically f you lot who've said all this stuff about women mm. and and the lady was talking about in her childhood who said be quiet you know be smaller shrink mm. yourself don't mm. have a voice and she was like with every peel of the clothes coming off she was empowering herself yeah and she made us feel like that as an audience so it was really good to watch that's,
1: yeah that's it
0: so what are some of the misconceptions that people think about burlesque
1: um i think people think that well <laughs> i have never forget Britain's Got Talent a couple of years ago quite a few years ago now maybe 2009 there was a striptease artist a burlesque artist who went on there and she did a beautiful classic striptease with uh, huge ostrich feather fans but just before she came on Anton and Dak came on the screen and said right for anyone who doesn't know um, burlesque is posh stripping so that went out to the nation, and it was really frustrating. At the same time, I think there was something on um, another daytime programme where they were talking about it's, it's, it's no different from lap dancing. And it's just, it's, it's just very frustrating and just ignorant to kind of confuse it. But the other thing to mention is that quite often striptease is is given a bad name and it's it's made to feel like something that is not an art. And it is an art. I think the context is always decisive, okay? So if you put um, striptease involved with story and comedy and um creativity and you put it into uh, a venue um where you've got people celebrating that art form as opposed to it being sold purely for uh, male gratification it becomes something completely different at the same time conventional striptease is absolutely beautiful as well they're just slightly different
0: brilliant and a nice pause there because it's actually 1 and we have to take a little break Thanks. so we'll be right back after this stay tuned Hi, welcome back to the Weishi Radio Show on 91.8 Haze FM. I'm here with Zoe Charles and we're talking all things burlesque. So if you've missed the beginning of the show, we talked about what burlesque is, the history of burlesque and the misconceptions. So Zoe, tell us how your burlesque journey started. How did you get into burlesque? Oh, Okay.
1: Um, so I did a theatre degree in Brighton and um, I graduated and came to London in 2000 so long ago Um, because you know the streets of London are paved with gold so I came with that kind of ambition creative ambition and um, it took a while to find my feet and it just so happened uh, a graduate a fellow graduate of mine Sadie Cook fantastic artist um Me, me and her we we set up a theater company called charles and cook and she looks quite similar to me but blonde so we we really had a lot of fun um exploring 1940s and 50s images we loved uh 1950s advertising american advertising how it depicted women and this is really kind of like sexist misogynistic style and we just thought it was hilarious and we wanted to make fun of that and to kind of recreate these images but with an iconic ironic um take on it and um poke fun really at this without um losing any of the sort of charm and sexuality and cheekiness from that era so and at that time that was quite you know bringing back those sort of 40s and 50s images was quite a a new thing we used to draw lines at the back of our legs we wore red lipstick um, wore little wiggle dresses and we just created work that was just very cheeky and very charming but we didn't know where it sat in the world of entertainment we weren't quite fitting into theatre we weren't quite performance art and this the the studio we were hiring is in uh, was in the people show which is an amazing theatre company still going and just turned 50 years last year and right next door to them um is the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club, which is, uh, was taken over by Warren Dent and was turned into a live arts venue. And that happened about the same time that we were doing our stuff. And one day he invited us over um, to come and see what they were doing. And I saw my bur- first burlesque night and I didn't know what it was at all. He had said, You really need to come over and see what we're doing because we had that sort of cheeky, coquettish humour that wasn't, you know, seemed to fit really well into this burlesque world. And when I went over there and saw, the style of performance, I was just blown away by how fabulous it was and how cheeky and naughty and outrageous. And it, it didn't need a rhyme or reason. It just was brilliant for the sake of it. It was, I think for women, that we, we have to have so many excuses to shine. It's like we have to really, really pummel ourselves into, like, shining. Whereas it was like, da-da, here I am and there's no excuses. I'm just fabulous and hilarious because that is who I am. And it really inspired me. So that's how I started getting into it, performing um, with the troupe and then went solo.
0: And is that how you felt within your body? Like, did you feel really confident and powerful?
1: I... I- Mm, interesting i was so i would have been in my early 20s um, early mid-20s um and i i needed an excuse to shine a bit more i'd come out of you know the 90s era where it was a ladder era um you know if you wore heels and dressed up people would be like oh who do you think you are so i felt like i didn't have permission to fully embrace my womanhood and fully embrace my femininity i had been very 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 skinny as a child so i'd always struggled with you know When I grew up, it was Pamela Anderson was who everyone was fancying. So I really had um, a lot of, uh, you know, low self-esteem about feeling too skinny and not feeling feminine or womanly. At the same time, when I moved to London in the early 2000s, it was, you know, still very much the waif image. So I kind of missed it by growing up in a little small town. I missed that, that look. But when I got to London I started to fill out a little bit and my boyfriend at the time was a, a, a designer and he was working oft- with um, magazines and work often at parties with lots of models and I remember going into the toilets and prodding at my tummy and and feeling like I, I wasn't good enough and that I you know could never be skinny enough now you know having been so skinny now I wanted to be how yep. I was it was just so many conflicting messages thrown at, at a young woman and the other thing I used to be obsessed with was having a suntan I really really felt if I didn't have a suntan I wasn't attractive
0: I think we've all been there
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so when I started burlesque I very quickly uh, embraced my skin tone and uh, started to see myself differently I started to embrace my curves Um, I started to embrace what was unique about me Um, and I started to have a lot of fun and celebration about my body and it didn't feel like I needed to explain myself to anybody it was just it was very very liberating
0: so did burlesque actually do that for you or did you have a coach or a teacher who inspired you and enabled you to be able to be more of yourself
1: um i think it was many things coming together at the same time uh, my mum is a huge inspiration for me i'm one of uh Seven, I always use count. <laughs> There's eight of us, seven girls, wow. one boy, and recently a new sister, but that's a whole nother story, <laughs> whole nother show <laughs> we have to do. Um, so, I grew up with a lot of women. I grew up in a sisterhood. So, there was a lot of encouragement and love in that sisterhood, and it wasn't about, you know, we never did, did each other down. And my mum is, you know, a real stand for women's work. She's done a lot of work on women's sexuality. um She's a real goddess. And uh, so, she was always really inspiring me, but she was definitely coming from from that sort of, you know, that 70s, 80s, slightly hippie kind of vibe where it still wasn't really okay to kind of flaunt yourself in a flirtatious and confident way that was, you know, really sort of aware and acknowledging your sexuality. It was more about, you know, being okay with being in a woman's body. And I, I needed that fun. So I had that confidence from my mum, but until I met, found burlesque, I didn't realise I had permission
0: to celebrate to myself. That's amazing, so then you did that for yourself, when did you then go from being a burlesque performer to then setting up your school and teaching other people?
1: Okay, so I was when I got to London, I I did various different jobs, and one of the jobs I did was become a teacher. I kind of fell into that; I didn't go through the official route, but I was teaching in a local uh, college, London College in Suffolk, and in Wandsworth, and I was teaching very different type of students. That I teach now; I was teaching young boys mainly, um, well, mixed, but with a lot of young boys, um, young offenders, kids with learning difficulties, kids that have been chucked out of school. So I was really working with um, a real. Really interesting group of young people, and I learned very quickly how to teach. I learned how to manage. I learned how to um, work with people and inspire them, and I really loved doing that. But the, but I was I was always a performer. I was always a, more creative than that job could, could allow me to be, and I love working with women. And so I'd started um, uh, the theatre company. I started performing solo um, whilst I was a teacher, and then uh, in two thousand and seven, just a little bit of a crossover, I. Um, decided I might as well teach burlesque and how that came about was um, I did a course that was about creating a project and we had to choose three words which I've mentioned already inspiration empowerment and fun and see what create was created from those words and from those words I created a one-off day um, burlesque workshop which I wanted to give to a a hen party again because it's about celebrating and it's about women coming together not so much about the marriage bit but women spending time together and we created this amazing day i had a whole team of fantastic people come and help me we did the hair and makeup we made incredible food for them we had entertainment for them we made costumes we taught them an amazing routine and then halfway through the day we told them in an hour's time taxis are coming to pick us up we're going down to a real life burlesque club and you're going to perform this tonight and so it was I had no idea it had no clue at all the, the only i was the maid of honor was the only person who knew and as you can imagine if that was your home party they absolutely loved it they did incredible actually people in the audience didn't know that That'd that would be been amazing put together <laughs> and um yeah then there was just a demand they wanted to come back they wanted to learn properly they brought their friends and you know i've never advertised properly it's really always been word of mouth and here we are 11 years later seven thousand women later so there's a desire Fantastic. for it
0: let's just stop you there on that note and we're going to have to take another break to the local news we'll be right back Hello, welcome back to the 91.8 Haze FM, the Wei Shi Radio Show with myself, Nicola Chan, and my special guest today, Zoe Charles. So today is all things burlesque, body positivity, women empowerment, and we've just been talking off-air about spirituality as well, masculine and feminine energy, um, crystals and all of that lovely, juicy stuff. So, on that note, Zoe, can you tell us a little bit more about the masculine and feminine energy and how you tap into that with, when you're teaching people with burlesque?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh, such a juicy subject. So, um, 2011, um, I set up something called World Femininity Day, and this came out of um, a real desire to recognise and acknowledge and re um, rediscover femininity because what I noticed what was happening in um, the burlesque classes is women were getting really big results in their lives bigger than what you would get from just a dance class They're so having breakthroughs in their relationships breakthroughs in their careers breakthroughs in their friendships breakthroughs in their body confidence self esteem and I noticed that this was really uh, what I could see was having these two hours a week to feel safe and and revel in your feminine energy because femininity has been put down for a really, really long time. Even for women, it's not cool to be feminine. It's not okay to be feminine. We've got to be tough. We've got to hold the side. We can't let the side down. And it's exhausting to only live out of male attributes which is how we've had to be for quite a long time to achieve equality but we haven't achieved equality what we've achieved is if you want what a man has then you've got to act like a man that Mm -hmm. is exhausting and it does not serve the world it doesn't serve anybody actually so um What I wanted to do was give a more positive press to feminine um, as an energy and also bring focus to the fact that it's not just women who are feminine. We have masculine and feminine in all of us. So to oppress one is to oppress us all. Um, You know, I have men come to me now. I have male clients as well who want to work on their feminine energy who want to achieve that balance. So from 2011, I became really aware of this divine feminine energy is what i would call it and we have a divine masculine as well and that's really it's just masculine feminine energy but connecting it to something bigger than ourselves it's it's universal it's in everything um so i started working with women um specifically on their feminine energy and then the more i worked on that actually what became apparent was it's about balance we don't need to be 100% our feminine either that doesn't serve either we need this this healthy balance um so since that point i've been running workshops events and coaching clients one-to-one with femininity coaching um and i think i'm still i mean it's still such a big subject and i'm still learning every day but what i'm how i'm working with women and some men is looking at how um what are the differences of the energy when we can use um you know which energy and um what's really been helping is working with the moon cycles which i've got you know use now in everything that i do whether it's scheduling whether it's you know working with courses even people don't realize that i'm working with the moon cycles and there is times in our lives for action and there is time in our in our lives to retreat a little bit and to receive which is very much the feminine feminine are, are receivers we receive we can actually manifest things in our lives and bring things to us with ease and grace by how we're vibrating how we are being when we're constantly doing 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 which is the masculine way and incredibly useful but not all the time then actually we can achieve things but we're quite often achieving things that maybe don't serve us or not quite aligned with who we are and what we need to be doing and it's exhausting and the more women i work with and now being a mum myself as well it's so much pressure on women like the have it all idea i'm really over that I don't want to have it all. It's exhausting. And I see so many women crashing, burning, and really burning out. And th- we need women empowered and in balance with their masculine and feminine so we can make huge difference in the world as we do with men as well. So working with the moons is a really fantastic way of, you know, learning about energy and tapping into something bigger than yourself because it, we, there is bigger things than us. We, we want to be connected to each other and also to... Um, to nature and to the universe at large it's a lot more powerful it's a lot more fulfilling life experience in my experience
0: i do feel like this having it all kind of feeling though does come from social media and of seeing people on facebook and instagram that appear to have it all because we always show our best selves don't we mm. on social media so we can kind of compare ourselves to other people and i find whenever we compare that's when we then feel that we're not good enough yeah Hugely. I mean, it, it is crazy. I, uh, social media is,
1: I don't know, I, I, I have love hate with it because I, and really all I'm thinking now with it is how can I use this to, how can I use this authentically and not fall into the trap of constantly needing to be heard, constantly needing to just be speaking for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think Kate Bush has got this absolutely gorgeous phrase that I'm going to get wrong, but I heard it on a documentary and I've always, f- you know, been inspired with it, which is... I'm you a wink now. Okay, shall I, <laughs> shall I save it? Shall I save that quote? Save that for okay.
0: after this short break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to the you Radio Show on 91.8 Haze FM. I'm really enjoying my chat this afternoon with Zoe Charles from Burlesque, the cheek of it. The cheek of it. The cheek yeah. of it. All. And I mean, just been talking about the masculine and feminine energy, and we got cut off then by the break. Should we go back into? What
1: yeah, we're about? I think we're talking about social media and the, the kind of push oh, to yes. have it all, and how that really tips us out of balance. And there's this gorgeous Kate Bush quote, which is incorrect how I'm going to say it, but you'll get the gist, which was. Um, the courage to say to be silent until you have something worth saying and i'm really trying to live by that and not get dragged into this i mean i feel like i have a lot of stuff worth saying but to 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 honor my energy to honor honor my cycle and to speak when is really the time for me to speak um and i think that is just the, the thread i'm following to stop myself from being overwhelmed and stop myself from being dragged into this um You can have it all. You can do it all. And actually to be on all the time doesn't serve me. I I need, as I think everybody does, times to retreat and times to receive and allow yourself to be contributed to as opposed to just constantly pushing, pushing, pushing outwards.
0: I feel like it's, it's like um, being really in tune with ourselves, isn't it, and our own energies and just put out there when you feel inspired to say something yeah. other than feeling like there's rules, like I'm in business, therefore I should be posting something on a Monday, something on a Tuesday and so on throughout the week because yeah. that's what the business people say. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to leave your audience without any content. Yeah. But then I, I feel like I just, now I'm trying to take a step back as well, like you were saying, and then just as I'm inspired to say what I'm inspired to say and that's it. Yeah and that's okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's okay. I'm saying it but I'm not uh, I'm not the the algorithm so
0: yeah. <laughs> might not groove me can you just explain a little bit to the listeners uh the difference between the masculine and the feminine energy so you're saying about the the feminine is more um flow and creative yeah the
1: the feminine and and remember we all have masculine and feminine so for men listening this is just as relevant to you um the feminine is more intuitive um it's more about the being the being present it's more about um feelings it's more about um receiving and um you kind of imagine yourself, you know, if you if you're if you're re- if you're vibrating um an energy, if you're feeling an energy that is is um connected to what you want to achieve in your life, you can you can magnetise that to you, you can manifest um things to you. That's you know, the sort of if you think about those incredible sort of uh fen almost, the world comes to them. They do not go out there hunting down, they they allow the world to come to them. So we have the, the, the opportunity to use that feminine energy to listen to ourselves, to connect to nature and to be intuitive, come small shifts, massive results. Um, the masculine is action, it's more about doing, it's more about getting stuff done, it's more linear. Um, the whole of our Western society is created in a linear way and women have learned to adapt to that it doesn't particularly serve us, but we can do it. Um, women are, uh, work in cycles. We have periods. Every four weeks, things change for us. In fact, umpteen times throughout that, those 28 days, things change for us. We, we work in circles. Like, it's, we have a completely different way of, of working. And in the, f- the female menstrual, menstrual cycle, there is a time for action as well. And if you can learn about that, what you can achieve on those days when you're more stepping into your masculine side... Is huge as opposed to trying to keep that masculine energy going all the way through and ignore, feel the shame, feel embarrassed, not want to mention mm. the very thing that actually gets us all here in the first place.
0: And it's interesting you say that actually because I, I felt like that um, when I was doing weightlifting that there was a time of the month that I would actually be stronger and there's yeah. other times when I'd just be completely weak. And before that, when I was kind of living in my masculine energy and doing bodybuilding, and I was very, very lean, I actually didn't have any periods at all. So I guess then I was just constantly in that masculine yeah. energy.
1: Yeah. I think thing also interesting about energy is it is really fluid. And gender is, you know, becoming more and more fluid as well. So it's like you have access to feminine, you have a- access to masculine. You can channel both. And I've seen performers do that increasingly now. Um, performers are coming through and they're channeling masculine or the channeling feminine and they're both equally powerful and it's just really gorgeous to know that that is fluid we have access to so much more than we allow ourselves
0: so as you were saying there about the moon cycles can you explain to us
1: a little bit about that as well um yeah um it's still something that i'm learning but um so we've we've got our our full moon and we've got our new moon it is new moon today new moon in libra so it's a lot about love today and we've also got venus in retrograde so there's a lot of relationship stuff coming up um which might be conflicting for people or there might be um you know stuff basically stuff that's coming up to deal with um so the way that I am honouring the moon cycles is that as the as the moon becomes full, it's time to let go and release, and I spend the the two weeks after the moon. Um, Probably being in less action, r- allowing stuff to go, letting go of stories that don't empower me, letting sto- go of stuff that I no longer need, letting go of things that I've tried and uh, something that's failed. You don't need to drag that with it. You can say you can let it go. As we come towards the new moon, so every two weeks, we have a new moon... Um, it's time to step into action. You've got this really gorgeous bit from today onwards for about another week or so where it's prime time for action. Um, To take inspired action, there's a difference between just being in action and taking inspired action, I believe. Uh, And then as you come to the end of that two weeks, up back to your full moon, it's like, okay, great, I what have i achieved let's get it complete um let's uh, we use a lot of forgiveness and gratitude in in moon ceremonies so you you really get present to what you need to forgive in the world and in yourself and once you have that clear sp- space you can also get present to just how grateful um you can be and that gratitude brings in um whatever you're grateful for you bring more of it to you
0: that's good i always feel like being grateful makes us happy yeah Because you're always looking for something more, but if you can be grateful for what you already have, then you're happy in the present. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that inspired action. What do you mean exactly by that? Well, so you're a trainer...
1: So, you you will get this on a physical sense. So, when someone first of all comes and says, right, I want to lose weight, I'm just going to do everything. I'm going to run. I'm um, going to lift weights. I'm going to go to this class and this class and they're not getting any results. And they're not getting the results they need and you as a coach will come along and go, that's because you're taking the actions in the wrong order at the wrong times. You're just like, in action for the sake of being in action. Mm -hmm. And inspired action I see is very similar. It's like, well... Let's get intuitive. Let's listen to our bodies. Let's listen to what's going on. Let's, let's be at home in our bodies and take action from there. We can be in our heads so much, um, beating ourselves up, pushing ourselves in directions that aren't really necessary for us to go in, you know, fueled by guilt and shame. Like, that's just universal. Like, it's humanity. We have this huge guilt and shame that we're dealing with all the time. They're not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. The inspired action is getting present in your body, whether that's movement, meditation, um, breath work, starting from a place of I am enough. When we get that I am enough, when you get you are enough, when we collectively get that we are enough, then the action we take is, a, is, a, is inspired. It's not a about fixing ourselves it's not about you know um changing ourselves it's about what do we if we if we're not coming from a place that i'm failing and i'm not good enough what would we create we would create something amazing if we're coming from a place of i am enough so that's what i think inspired action is
0: Mm. interesting you say that i actually wrote down home Because, um, for the people listening, I'm actually in one of Zoe's groups, and it's called Breathe, Let Go, and... Create. Create. And one of the videos, she talked about being at home in our bodies, and that just just those words really resonated with me because I feel like before and as I was talking about the bodybuilding and being that masculine energy I was not home in my body at all I was in my head and it's in that place like we were saying about social media and feeling the need to be like other people or to do what people say are the rules Mm -hmm. and there was also rules with fitness like I should eat at this time I should be exercising at this time rather than being in tune with my body and obviously in terms of just eating when you are in tune with your body you know when you're hungry you know when you're Mm. full and you can follow your own body signals rather than eating off a meal plan which would be exactly the same for every day and probably the same meal plan given to lots of people and you're all very, very different individuals.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, uh, feeling at home in your body is it's something that I think because we, we're trained not to be, for especially women um, we're trained not to feel pleasure not to you know to feel guilt a lot of guilt about our bodies um when we get periods the first thing that even if our parents don't teach it to us there's guilt and shame around it it's embarrassing ew gross um so we are like really disconnected from our bodies from a really young age and i think that's actually increasingly happening with men now as well Mm. um but it's been you know i'm a woman my work is with women so that's mainly what i talk about um so, yeah, we, we, and everything to do with the brain and everything to do with logic is celebrated. And, you know, that's what's valued in our lives. So, getting into your body, it can be a bit of a journey. And that's why I call it coming home. Because unless you are home in your body, and the, and the place when I'm talking about coming home is actually um, reconnecting with your, with your womb. And um, that's the core of where we are. And that's a very creative place for women. Not only do we create babies, but that's where you create full stop that's where you know that energy from there is how you birth projects businesses relationships art um movements something
0: to do with the chakras
1: yeah i think it has a lot to do with the chakras and again that's something i'm still learning about um but it's the it's the core of who we are and it's also where you know we can we can feel things okay we we have our periods there we we feel you know that that saying um i felt it in my gut and people say that it's not for no reason we do we have feelings all over our bodies we just need to learn to to read them when we have fear we feel it in certain places when we ha- when we're inspired we feel it in certain places so if you can come home to your body, and quite often it's really uncomfortable to come home to our bodies it, it's easier to live in our heads but that means you're just missing out on that authentic soul path calling that you have um, because you, you have to be home to receive the mail so, um that's a big part of my work, what I do on all levels is getting women to be present and at home in their bodies so they can receive. How
0: can we be more present in our bodies? I think it's
1: movement is big. Um and in again inspired is what I use all the time, but inspired movement would be um moving in a way that feels good. So instead of having a goal of reason why you're moving, like, you know, I gotta learn this choreography, I gotta lose weight, um, is how does it feel just to move? I can't, you know, just breathing is another way. Breathing is huge, just deep breathing and not putting so, so many teachings of how you do it, how you do that. And as soon as we get into that you're not present again you're back in your head so just how does it feel to just breathe it doesn't matter if you think you're breathing correctly or incorrectly if you're shallow or deep and just breathe and and feel that um oxygen going around your body um i quite often will sit with one hand on my womb one hand on my heart and i will breathe and connect my heart to my womb and vice versa um to visualize to meditate all these things allow you to be home in your body where really miraculous things can happen
0: I think meditation is a big one isn't it and there's actually scientific proof out there how it helps to reduce your stress and yeah. illness and that kind of thing as well yeah so you're talking obviously there's a lot about feminine energy and and females and, yeah. and the womb what about males is there a certain place that they can come home hmm that's a really good question actually um
1: i would still i would still f- focus on those chakras i would i would still connect the root chakra which is, and the sacral chakra, um, with the heart chakra. And I would focus on grounding. I'd focus on getting grounded, feeling your feet firmly on the floor, feeling connected to the earth, to Mother Earth, connecting to your environment, connecting especially to nature. And um, I would think about, uh, you know, doing meditation that connects all of your chakras and just allows you to be present in your body in, in the same way, actually.
0: And can you tell us a little bit about the crystals? I see that you're wearing some crystals today and we spoke <laughs> about that before. Uh, yeah, I've got my rose quartz on, which I've got
1: in uh, Cyprus, and you have a rose quartz. Yeah, I have one as well. It's um it's it's so funny. Uh my I grew up in in such a woo-woo a woo-woo house, I'd say. it was crystals everywhere and for a long time in my life. I just like no, I don't want to see the crystals. I don't want to hear any of it because I would just, you know, just rebelling really against that. And certainly in the last few years, I've really started to embrace them again, and I think it's it's not getting dragged. You know, if it inspires you, if you look at something, I've got this this fantastic phrase. Right, I learned at university. It was from a theatre company called Gob Squad, and um, it's it's image before meaning. And what that does is gives you permission to. Um, Follow your curiosity and follow what delights you. And of recent times, I have just finding the image of crystals just so gorgeous, the field crystals so gorgeous, and learning about them again is, um, is really fantastic. So if anyone is, feel, feels inspired to go and buy yourself a crystal, don't worry about, like, having to get it right. It is really just about surrounding yourself with things that inspire you and make you feel good. That's what makes a difference, I think.
0: What do they do? Well, crystals,
1: all crystals have energy and I'm not a crystal expert so I don't want to, you know, uh, pretend that I am. But I'm still learning about about crystals. Um, uh, But they all have different energies and they all have healing abilities as well. So you can read up on what you know, what they all do, but if I go into a shop with lots of gorgeous crystals, I, again, come home to my body, get into a place of trust and just see what I'm drawn to and quite often when I read up on what that crystal can do, I'm like, like oh, wow, well, of course, that's the one that I needed. My body already knew it. hmm
0: So do you have different crystals for different cycles and it all relates to the moon and everything else? I have, I just have different phases.
1: Like right now I'm really into rose quartz and really, really into pale pink, which is the heart chakra energy, um, which is a love energy. It's a softness. um, It does
0: kind of relate to the moon right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and, you know, what you can do, that I, I'm really loving on Instagram all of the crystal uh, pages, it's really funny and amusing, it's like crystals are kind of in again, in in a not hippie way, in like a just kind of, quite a sassy way, um, people are using their crystals, but one of the things you, you do is you take your crystals out under the moon and you put them in water and you allow them to be cleansed. Um, and i have a, a ruby i have garnet i have um th- these are just the crystals that make me feel good these are the precious stones that make me feel good i'm still learning what they all mean <laughs>
0: I can tell you that on air. Welcome back to 91.8 Haze FM. It is the She Radio Show and I'm Nicola Chan. I have to keep saying that because I'm still getting used to it because I've just recently changed my surname. (laughs) So I'm back to me, the original me, which relates to a lot of things in my life actually. So there was patches where I was trying to be other people and and all of that stuff like we were saying about social media, feeling like I have to do this or do that. And now I feel um, like I'm coming home coming back to me and I was just talking to um, Zoe off air then about numerology and um, as I said before about the moon cycles and me feeling a little bit of negative energy Um, I was having all of these numbers coming to me this year and then especially in that um, patch of negative energy there was all of these numbers everywhere I looked there was numbers like 111 444 and just repetitive like numerology and I was in this hotel and on the carpet they had all these words and they were all in grey and the one word in yellow said create and at the same time I looked at my phone and it was 111 which when you go on to um, Google <laughs> <laughs> where you get all your advice from <laughs> and you search numerology 111 and it says it's about the universe and creating and I felt like wow yeah. this is it then because I'd, I'd had that um, energy of letting go and felt a little bit negative and then I felt like now is time to take action start creating and put myself back on the radio and get back into my business and start doing stuff
1: yeah, I, I I I'm really fascinated by numerology. I don't know enough about it yet, but I had a very similar experience at the beginning of the year, and I created the Sacred show girl, um Day, and I wasn't sure what to charge for it. And two 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 felt like the two hundred twenty two pounds felt like the right amount of money, and I was full of doubt. I said, "Like, is that the right? Is that right?" And as I was on my way um, to a meeting about the. The day I walked down from Marleybone Station, and on the floor in lights was two two two, which was which was incredible. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's the one to go with.
0: Yeah, so and that worked, <laughs> yeah,
1: and it worked, and it you know it packed out and people really resonated with it. But um, yeah, numbers. I, it's something I'm looking forward to learning more about.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you feel like sometimes like these things are maybe signs for us to follow, and is it our intuition, and maybe when you become a bit more spiritual, you're able to see these things?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think there's so much available to us. There's so much guidance available to us which we when we're constantly in our heads and we're we're overworking ourselves we cannot, you know, accept it we can't we can't get that guidance which, which basically just keeps us trapped in, in a place of just work 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 with no you know inspired inspired guidance or action so i'm all about all about the signs something that i sort of didn't want to look at for quite a long time in my life and now it's, it's unavoidable just have to
0: mm, i feel like once you see though you mm. can't unsee you can't unsee you can it, see everything yes you can never unknow yeah. what you know <laughs> <laughs> so on that note um in, in, t- in terms of being more spiritual are you a little bit psychic? Because I know you do cards, don't you? And and when I first um, met Zoe actually we were on a trip to (laughs) Florence which we can talk about in a moment and we sat on the train and Zoe got her cards out and immediately I felt like Wow! Like I'm going to be okay. I'm around <laughs> my kind of people. <laughs> that
1: was a hilarious trip. There was four of us travelling to Florence. I
0: was very nervous. I know, <laughs> a bless bunch you. Of strangers going to an- another country, I'll never be. <laughs>
1: very brave. literally is very brave. She just like everyone else. had done loads of courses with me, and she just r- fell from the earth. Um, fell from the literally fell from the moon. She's like, "Rung me up. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm, like, okay, welcome. Yep. She, here she is." um yeah, this was, uh, was we went, we travelled on summer solstice, so I felt like we had to um, honour that, and I had some cards in my oracle cards, um, I'm not a tarot card reader, uh, oracle cards I just find really uh, helpful, um, and again, it's just, it's used to using tools that you have access to, to help guide you, um, there's a particular amazing uh, pack of cards, I need to look up the name, make sure I get it right, which I use called um, The Journey of Love, which is like a bit of a cheesy name, but they are just incredible, and they are by Alana Fairchild, and um, the the images are stunning. The words are stunning, and um, the, the 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 images and the words have been channeled. In other words, that this this woman and she was worked with a, a partner on it as well um, have sat and asked for guidance to come through, and have done this in partnership with the universe. You could say so. I think that's why they're so effective, and again there's symbolism symbolism is so important symbolism and ritual are so important in our lives um they're so important in art they're so important in our in our homes and again you know sometimes the powers that be would prefer that we don't um listen to symbols we don't get into ritual because it just keeps us on that treadmill and we don't need to be on it anymore
0: Mm-hmm. So the hamster on the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how do you use the cards?
1: Um, I use them in my one-to-one coaching sessions. So I use them for women, for other women. <clears throat> I use them for myself. I definitely use them when I'm doing any ritual ceremony with the moons. If I'm feeling just a bit off, or I need some guidance. I'll sit down and just you know choose the pack that, is, that I'm drawn to, and um, do a reading for myself and see what comes up.
0: So do you feel like you're on such a spiritual level that you're able to um, notice when you're not feeling aligned to things and, like, use those as your red flags to then sit down, tune in, use your cards or your crystals or whatever it is to then be able to coach yourself?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think everyone should have a coach because coaching yourself, you can go so far, but we we need to work in connection with people. Um, So I'm definitely... big fan of having other people support me having groups yeah. of women or, or one you know coach in particular be a stand for my greatness for my power so i, I don't do it all on my own at all um but i have had enough practice and oh, oh, I have enough practice Stop and oh, who is that person <laughs> they've got a really good question they want to ask <laughs> um
0: about PPI, <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> i i don't know i would say i'm at such a spiritual level but i would say that you know the results and you just look at the results in your life like mm. what's happening in your life if, if x amount of things are going wrong then you're being told something and that's time to stop and um figure out what's going on if lots of stuff is going brilliantly then you you're equally like oh okay is i must be thinking a certain way i must be vibrating a certain way. i must be being a certain way Mm. let's keep that going
0: you have to be very aware though to be able to see all those things around you because it's it can be quite easy to have the head in the sand syndrome yeah so we can feel like everything's happy because if one area of our life like the slice on the wheel of life is not going so well we can fill the other ones up so they're going great and then we just focus on those and think that everything's fine
1: yeah that that is really well uh you know described and I, we all do that like I, I i don't think there's anybody who is such uh so enlightened that they are not doing that in their lives and that's why support that's why sisterhoods, that's why having coaching circles that's why having friends that you trust um to you know pull you back or to or to have those truthful authentic conversations with you is so so important i don't think anyone can do it on their own and i don't think anybody should
0: And do you feel like some of the people that you coach or some of the people in your schools, like burlesque school, then are sometimes like a mirror to you and some of the issues that they're coming up with, like you look at yourself and and you're able to even be inspired by them and, and coach yourself through them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're
1: constantly, whatever's going in internally is being, is being mirrored back. And if you're a leader in life, then that is, you know, going to be resonating back. You know, if, there's certain, if something's going on with the class, quite often I need to look at what I'm doing, um, how I'm dealing with people. Um, I create the space. For people to show up in certain ways so there's it's definitely it always comes but I'm a big believer in in personal responsibility being responsible for everything in my life or at least looking where I can take responsibility as opposed to falling into a you know a victim role of thinking you know things oh life's unfair la la, la, la. don't get me wrong I have those moments but I the bigger part of me believes in taking responsibility
0: mm-hmm. do you feel like as well it's, it's creating those positive habits so you could have that voice um but because you have such a habit now of of overriding that voice with a positive one, it's easier to then not listen to it so much.
1: Yeah, I think it is about habit um, but again, it is more about is habit and it's who 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 you're listening to who, that you know if you if you are on social media, whose voices are constructing your day like mm. are they positive or are you getting dragged into other stuff what are you watching what are you seeing around you what's your environment like i mean i have a phrase called let beauty be your healer i i need beauty to f- connect me and to for me to feel good and that beauty can be nature that beauty can be how my home looks that beauty can be you know putting red lipstick
0: on but i i need that Mm, and how you feel in yourself yeah finding out
1: what you need and f- tr- and filling your life up as much as you can because we're not an island we're, we we cannot be you know we we need energy we need people we need things to contribute to us and we mustn't you know we're very much taught to be independent and we've got to do it all ourselves and that's just so hard and so draining
0: so do you feel like um obviously all of this stuff that you're educating us with the spiritual things and and all of these different parts that make up you as a coach and as a leader do people come into burlesque and just sometimes think like on a surface level I'm just going to learn a bit of dance or whatever and there's that one reason they come in and then they find that it's all the other stuff underneath I don't know if that makes sense as a PT people come in it's usually like the weight loss or I want to change myself and then because I try to help people be body positive as well and I dive down into those layers and then find the real person underneath and coach them through that that, and I could coach them with the means like the, the service level being the fitness and then that helps with everything else underneath. Yeah. yeah I mean the majority of my clients have
1: come through the cheek of it they they become aware of the other stuff that I'm doing and they want to find out about that too and just to say as well if, if people do just want to come and learn burlesque and they're not remotely interested in any of the moons or the woo or that's completely fine as well it's <laughs> <laughs> really really fine you don't have to go there um, but I found you know especially the last sort of five six years it's just increasingly just who I am and I'm a evolving all the time I'm not staying still so the work that I create and put out there um, and of how I how I can be of service to people changes as well so it all kind of happens quite um, organically
0: Mm. change is definitely good isn't Mm. it yeah Um, and you were saying before that sometimes like your marketing and things you use the cycles of the moon even people aren't aware of it mm. do you feel like some people are then in tune because I certainly did that myself when I suddenly found you out of nowhere and then you became a big part of my life with all of the stuff that you're offering and that's what I needed at the time yeah. so I feel like I was in the right place at the right time in tune to everything and then obviously I came in as a student of yours do you feel like other people sometimes have the same thing like they can feel the yeah, energies I think so
1: and I think one of the most miraculous things that happens in is the groups um like the, the, the group you're in in now, I can see there's a buzz in that group. Um, and women gather at certain times for certain things. And if I look through the history of the cheek of it, and we have you know th- three terms a year, and quite often, usually yearly, there'll be one standout group, and you'll be like, wow, each and every one of those has gone on to do something incredible, or they've helped each other, or they've formed a business, or they've come up with their own show and they're now producing, or that that you know they, they've created something else, or they've, they've travelled together. I know something, and I. It's just that chemistry. So I do think that that people are drawn together at certain times for certain um, journeys
0: and what are the reasons that people might come to one of your courses so with the burlesque
1: um there's three main reasons people come they um maybe they're already a performer and they want to add this to the bow or they want to they're really clear they want to be a burlesque performer um or they ha- have body confidence stuff they're working through self-esteem stuff and they want to be in an environment where um they can be, feel empowered and feel good about themselves and the third is fun it's just a ridiculous amount of fun and um, a lot of women come because they need that outlet. They, they want to have fun. They want to meet people and have fun with them. And what are the kind of results that people say they get from the courses with you? Uh, the, the results are always, I find, really moving and have to really, like, allow myself to listen to them fully because um, they're just i think so remarkable it can be easy to be like pushed them away and not you know not really hear how wonderful it is because that triggers all of my stuff as well um but the results are people all often say this is this course has changed my life this is one of the best things i've ever done um which is amazing um, and I think that's because we offer a space for women to get just how incredible they are and when you get into that space make me feel emotional now when you, when, um, you get into that space anything can happen maybe you're going to give up your job maybe you're going to become a full-time performer loads and loads of burlesque performers out there on the scene started with the cheek of it had no intention of becoming a full-time performer and now uh, maybe not full time but they're out there and this is what they're pursuing or they've, they've created side businesses or they've created a whole new group of friends that have changed their lives or they're, they're out doing stuff that's really really fulfilling and uh, we create the space for that but, but we also I also have hand it back to the women at the end of the day it's like this course may have changed your life but actually you made the decision you chose to do something absolutely incredible so therefore that person all we do is facilitate it Mm -hmm. that person has chosen to change their life and you
0: as a person have to let down your own barriers and be vulnerable yeah as I've experienced myself when I came along to do the um the course that led to florence what did you call that course that was showgirl in a day show girl yeah. in a day course yep yeah. so we did one day where we learned a routine and we went to florence and we performed on a stage <laughs> <laughs> and so i was a scared as i said scared of traveling and i was with a bunch of people and i felt like i'm not a dancer they're all dancers they're probably amazing and i'm going to be the newbie um and i just had to like be vulnerable and just because i know what i want to get out of it and there's the only way i can do that is by getting out of my comfort zone and breaking down those barriers yeah.
1: Yeah, that was really interesting, your journey, actually, because, you you know, it's quite unusual for someone to come on a, a course like that who's never done anything with us before, but always welcome. Um, and what was... I could, see, I could see how nervous and anxious you were, and there was a little bit of, like, mothering of, like, how, like, I just have to hold the space because she will get it, you will get who you are, and I can't... I don't want to rescue you from that experience. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, very, very quickly that's what that's what we do myself and the all the teachers who work at the chief of it, who i, I want to say just incredible women who who come and and teach and train and support and pot, and who create the community with me um we hold space for people to go on that journey so and and now you're away and it's just it's just fantastic but you, you did you had to allow yourself to get in that vulnerable space which you did which was gorgeous
0: mm-hmm. and now i'm on your course and just last week we were um, deliberating about what names to call ourselves. So can you talk to us a little bit about the names and the characters that you can become when you become a burlesque Yeah, the names are just really
1: fun the burlesque is you create this alter ego for yourself and the alter ego will take over your life. They will be buying their own clothes, they will have their own (laughs) wing to your flat your studio you You have your own social media and um, it's really fun. It's escapism but it's also complete creativity and um, that's an amazing thing with burlesque it's not just learning a script it's not learning choreography it's you're creating it all you're coming up with your 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 look you're coming up with your style you're coming up with your and people say use the word brand a lot now which I, I resist even though it's pretty important um, but yeah you are creating something unique to you
0: and I'm just about to put a break on. There it is. <laughs> Computer is going a little bit slow, so stay, stay with us, stay locked in, and we have a little bit of a break now, and we will be right back. I was just talking to Zoe off air then about um, burlesque music because that's the next thing I wanted to ask her about and um, how I chose my track for, um, because I'm on Zoe's course at the moment and what we had to do on Monday last night was to perform a little bit of choreography to some music and I was going through all of the tracks. and Just recently, um, a friend of mine had introduced me to this music called Electric Swing Mm -hmm. and I'd never heard of it before and I, I felt it was really and it was quite old school, sort of 50s, 60s. And just as I was going through some of that music, I found this one track, and it was really um, pumping and energetic. And I was thinking about my character and what I want to call myself, and I feel like I want to be different from myself, so like an alter ego, but also still myself, yeah. and I am very high energy. And as a teacher, I like the people in my class to feel my vibe and to feel fun and energised at the end of it. And when I was at the Bellesque Idol, in the audience, out of all the performances, the one that was energetic and, like, vibrant, that's the one that I then liked the most. Yeah. So I felt like, how do I want my audience to feel? And that's how I want to feel. Yeah. So I, that's why I chose that music.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so music's
1: obviously massive um, and you can go classic with like 40s and 50s bump and grind and electric swing is like a take on that. Um, and You'll often find that electric swing is played a lot in like the intervals of burlesque nights because it's really got it's got that vibe but it's a contemporary twist on it as well and it has that energy and it's really, really fun um, and atmospheric as well. But my rule for burlesque is what moves you. Um, it doesn't have to be... Oh, sorry to use the quote marks. Um burlesque music because that can really get people a bit lost in thinking, oh, it has to be you know, all sort of typically thought about burlesque music has been used many, many times. And it doesn't mean you can't use it again, but you have to make it your own. Um so what I'm more in favour of is finding pieces of music that move you and um, inspire you and that you just can't let go of. And I like I like soundtracks a lot. I like uh, Craig Armstrong who did the Minou Rouge, a lot of the Minou Rouge soundtrack. Um, I like Thomas Newman. Um, I like Henry Mancini who did uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's and all that sort of sixties style um, music. Um, I like God, there's loads. So there's just I like stuff that's atmospheric and and, um, especially when you're looking at soundtracks, it's it's not necessarily stuff that's out there, but people know it. Or, you know, that music is designed to cinematically. And I I quite like work that's quite cinematic. Um, So it's it's really going to be down to the individual. And there's loads of performers who use stuff that's really, really contemporary. It does not have to be of an era at all. It can be something current. It can be, you know, in the chart right now. Um, It's just your interpretation of it. Um, the only thing I'd advise against is when pe- I say, like, what makes you move, like moves you emotionally and what moves you physically um, is sometimes people will choose music that they love to go out dancing to. But that doesn't necessarily translate to stage. Stage, there has to be an element of drama to it. It has to be an element of, of theatrics to it. And not all mu- music does that. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't use a snippet of it and mix it with something else.
0: And does it have to, like, tell a story because you're essentially acting? No. Um, This... Well, yeah, music does tell
1: a story, but it depends on how you interpret it and how you use it. Um, You know, burlesque is a lot about um, opposites. So you might have... uh, a really, really, like, really, really sexy bit of music and you're doing something really gross, really stupid or silly, that's a lot about burlesque, is putting those things together, juxtapositioning and and keeping people on the edge of their seat. That's part of the tease as well, like seducing Mm -hmm. them and then making them laugh and then horrifying them and, like, all these different things. So, another thing people tend to do is they'll think of a theme and then they'll... I mean, I did it as well when I first started, and then they'll look for music that tells that story. And occasionally that can work, but, um... The, the, the downfall of that is you, you rely on the music to tell the story as opposed to you creatively bringing everything together and then telling the story yourself.
0: So there's a lot of elements that go into a yeah. performance. So what comes first? Is it... The story that you want to tell? Mm, that's a really good question.
1: So I always talk about having a starting point and it's different for everybody. Um, for years st- my starting point was shoes. I just saw a p- pair of shoes I loved. And I remember that phrase I said earlier, image before meaning. I just, the image of the shoes um, and I had to follow that and that led me to the work I was going to create. I also use the word curiosity a lot when I'm teaching and just in life generally. Curiosity um, is so important to follow your curiosity and that will lead you to a story that needs to be told or that a story you didn't even realize that you wanted to tell so some people start with costumes some people start with an image that makes no sense to them just inspires them some people start with music some people start with choreography or some people start with action there's so many different ways in depending on what kind of artist you are
0: Mm, interesting And, and as i said earlier about one of the um the judges at the Burlesque Idol, she actually had no music, so she was doing it like a speech and mm. just had sentences. And with each sentence was like another bit of music where she just um, did her performance yeah. too. So it was really creative. Yeah, it's, it's
1: one of the most creative art forms out there, I think, Burlesque, because it really is anything goes.
0: I feel like it would be great for people who've done performing arts and, and acting and you can just kind of create whatever yeah. you like. Yeah,
1: you actually get a lot of people who've come from more regimented forms of, of of performance coming in and just being able to let rip and do the stuff that they really want to do um, because there aren't as many rules. You just have to be entertaining.
0: All right, so we're going to have the local news now and we're going to get a song ready. So okay. we're going to play one of your favourite songs, Zoe. Right oh, I was Australia's. just going to find something <laughs> now. We're going to play you a song. So one of Zoe's songs. Why do you like these songs, Zoe okay so so i'm back
1: so this song actually is one of the things i used very first of all in 2007 it's called hub caps and Tail Lights. have i got that right yeah i did yeah. and it's henry mancini it's off as i mentioned earlier the breakfast at tiffany's soundtrack which i love so I just press play uh you can yeah yeah try try it might play something completely different <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. So this is a very, This is actually in the film. This is um, a music, piece of music played when uh, Audrey Hepburn's really drunk in a club um, with her with the guy who I've forgotten the name of. And they've got a, there's a a burlesque performer performing at, in in the film, and they have a kind of running commentary on on their experience of watching her. And it's it's just, it's a fantastic scene, um, but the music i just loved from the very beginning and i used actually i used this with um the reason i gave up teaching a bit like officially left was i did a, a documentary on channel four with anna richardson and it was called something to about sex sex education everything have the title sex in it um and i taught her a burlesque routine and we used this piece of music
0: very sexy
1: yeah, it was very sexy. She was fantastic, actually.
0: But something it's something about sex, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's very sexy. sexy. Um, and I used it back then, and it just always makes me think of when I first started the school. Um, and I used to use it a lot in classes as well, and it's just so old school. And you can get all your shoulders going, your hips going, and shimmy, perfect little shimmy in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it.
0: Welcome back. Did you enjoy that song? I enjoyed that song. I love a bit of saxophone. We had a bit of shimmying going on (laughs) in the studio. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm not a dancer, but I like to do a bit of a shimmy hit now and then. (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit more about you as a burlesque performer. Because I've never seen you do a performance. I've seen some of your pictures on Facebook. So I posted one of them on to show that you were coming in. Are you not performing anymore? I'm not, actually. not doing performing burlesque at the moment. I... But I, I have,
1: I do have a desire to come back and create something again. Um, so as I started in a troupe, and we were called Scarlet Delight, and there were three of us. And what we used to make were like little mini plays. Our, our acts went on for ages. We were on like twelve minute acts. Wow. <laughs> I know, and we That's didn't have really any. Long. Yeah, I know, we didn't have any striptease in the beginning either. So we well, two minutes last night was long. <laughs> I know, and we had like a soundtrack. we were like we were like whole films basically, and. Um, that was really great fun and we did that for a couple of years and then we all ended up doing different things and then I started off solo originally my first barless name was actually Principal Crumpet which I wish I'd capped that was that was a genius name but I changed it to Lady Cheek and I love that name too but Principal Crumpet makes me laugh more yeah. um, <laughs> but I thought oh, no I don't want to be typecast as a teacher but there you go um and then I, I started off with a really uh, more performance art style piece um, called Hungry for Love. And, again, I didn't do any striptease in it. I had... Uh, it was all about IBS. <laughs> 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 and I, I, I discovered a, a little monster living in my tummy who, um, who popped out of my dress, and it was like a, a puppet. And it was, it was very humorous and sexy, but more kind of humorous. And I had an act about Elvis... They love Elvis. And my dad loves Elvis. It's like a family thing. And um and then the one that most people see uh w- is Blue Diamonds, which is a very classic fan dance, which was I used the first piece of music you played when I when we started this show, um, the Hindi Sad Diamonds from moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. I used that piece of music which I love because it just oh the the vibration in that and the beats and the movement and the whole like just everything about that song I love and that uh, is very classic and I went um, all around doing that went over to America went into I did Eastern Europe we did like wow. um, all all interesting places like Serbia and Croatia and places like that ended up going and performing mainly because that's just where we got invited to go and perform Italy and uh, as so a I, troupe oh uh, no, uh, yeah we did some of it as a troupe and then most of it I did as solo and then when I started teaching I would bring over my students with me and they would do stuff as well um, and then I continued doing burlesque for quite a long time till i used to always do the festivals i i think my last festival was 2012 and then i just started writing and i I trained as a performer so w- what i actually found was as much as i love the art form it's not the only art form that i'm interested in and i didn't want to i felt like as an artist there was bigger scope that I wanted to use so I started writing I wrote comedy and I put together a one woman show called Memoirs of a Slutsky which is based on finding out at in 2011 that my real surname is actually Slutsky. Um, yeah, that's a whole other show. <laughs> and it's I, I met my uh, biological dad for the first time in 2011 at the age of 33. So, wow. um, and I found out that I never knew what my my real name was. So, um, and then when I found that out, I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. That is brilliant. <laughs> so I wrote a whole story about um, my family who are huge and crazy and amazing and about being the odd the odd one out being the the only i'm so I'm one of eight eight but I'm the only one with a different dad, so I look completely different and um so I wrote a story about that and then that, then that's really been my biggest passion as a performer for the last um four or five years and i I went over to the America to America and did that I toured it around various festivals, did it in London, and I love it really love it but then i
0: do have a star in the building
1: (laughs) (laughs) and um and then i got pregnant with my son oshan and since i i've had my son i have not performed oh i did one performance last year i really want to get back to it but also um being a mummy is uh taking a a lot of my time and i love it and i you know
0: all in good time Mm -hmm. let's have a little break now and we'll come back to some more songs and more inspiration welcome back to 91.8 haze fm the way she radio show so i want to ask zoe actually about her ted because i've seen her ted talk and I'm, I'm a bit of a ted fan and i had no idea you did one until i met you in florence and i asked you about it and um can you just tell us a little bit about your talk what did you talk about and how did you find the experience yeah oh well, it's an incredible experience
1: um my title now i know a bit more about marketing i uh would have maybe chosen a snappier title but my (laughs) title was what i actually meant which is the celebration respecting we celebrating um femininity uh will change the world which i truly believe um so when you're approached by by ted they um they say what if the, the way they describe how to find your topic is um if you had a message that you put in a bottle what would it be like to the world if you had a message that's going to go out to the bottom that is your message that you think could change the world what would it be so it was, def- it was- what was so great about doing that was it was an opportunity to get really present to what I stand for and to get really present about what I want to say, the truth that I want to say into the world. And I was really scared, actually. I was really, really scared to do it. I'd started talking about femininity as an energy um, in 2011 when I when I started World Femininity Day, um, something that it still happens every day, but it's, it's it's emotional in terms of how much effort goes into keeping it going. When I first did that, was an incredible experience um we ended up uh doing it all over the world um i think we had 72 different countries actually tuned in on the day and either celebrated it or took part in some way um and over twenty-three thousand people and um but i also got a big backlash from that i got a lot of people uh saying that femininity was wrong that i i was um uh you know that it was a social construct that it was stupid that, that, that to tell pe- people to celebrate femininity was going to get more people raped and i literally it was like really like a real big backlash so when i was asked to and it was a real misunderstanding this idea that femininity was weak and something that should be hidden and like shameful in a way so when i did the ted talk it was an opportunity to readdress it and to really put both feet on the floor and say what i stand for um and i had a coach always get a coach for everything important in my life i get a coach and i i work with an amazing woman called sally Love and we um, she was a stand for me to write what was from my heart. And we worked on that every week um, in the run up to it. And then doing it was an incredible experience. Um, you get a lot of support, and um, it, yeah, it, the best thing that's come out of it is getting really clear about what, what, I, what I stand for.
0: Amazing, I do feel like you are an amazing speaker. And having watched that and then seen you in a small group of women in the course you speak exactly the same (laughs) so you must have a massive audience and a small audience and you're exactly the same so you're just like um just being yourself throughout which is amazing thank you and you were talking to me when you first came in about a talk that you did at a school yeah um a couple of years ago
1: actually I got asked to do a talk at a, a school in Shepherds Bush I, I spoke to year 10 and 11's I believe about burlesque and I did a little slideshow and we had a discussion about it and it was really really fascinating it was fascinating I'm always inspired by young people I love working with young people I would love to work with young people again um, especially teenagers um, so it was really inspiring and I thought there was a lot of incredible opinions and views and confidence and then uh, the other side of that I felt like um f- feminism in particular has kind of taken quite a few steps backwards I think it's been put down and knocked for so long um, that that women haven't wanted to associate themselves with it and a lot of the uh, views are so um, uh, prudish in a way like kind of there's still that shame and that guilt it just continues for, for women and I think increasingly for men as well about bodies about your body about what it should look like and now of course I mean I didn't grow up with social media but now a lot of these kids you know that that is their sort of barometer of how they should look you know how they're you know if they're liked if they're popular and I find that really really difficult mm.
0: it's a new world isn't it these days yeah. with social media and can be very negative yeah
1: yeah so it was I came out of there equally inspired and equally a little bit troubled
0: <laughs> so what would you like to change with young people today Oh,
1: such a good question. It's Such a good question. If I was to work with young women and young men, like I used to as a, as a teacher, I'd want to have a lot more honest conversations about respect and about, um, again, the stuff we've been talking about, about coming home to your body. Because if you can come home and be present in your body, you're, you're in your truth. You're in your authenticity. You're not going to be making decisions that um, disrespect and uh, disempower other people. And I, 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 mean, I love having conversations with young men, actually. And I love, I love having conversations with, with groups of men and listening to, like, the, 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 the Mankind Project. An amazing... I'm so passionate about educating young boys as well. I, I have a son now as well. I think it's... I, 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 I am, yeah, I'm just so interested to see some of the amazing work that's being done with, with male mentors as well as female mentors. I think it's so important to go and have those conversations.
0: And I think as well with social media... Um, there is a lot more emphasis on men now in terms of body image Mm. isn't there so a lot of men are feeling or maybe they always were but we didn't know because they don't talk as much Mm. as women so there's a lot out there for um, men and men are really suffering with body image these days
1: yeah I think um, there's a lot more expectation definitely on how men are supposed to look Um, and I don't think that's solving the problem like I don't I don't think oh there you go see you know know how it feels now I think it doesn't work to Mm. oppress one as I said earlier is to oppress us all so let's not do it a
0: lot of men say that when you talk about femininity that that the rise of the feminine in a way like you're going to become above males that's just like a
1: paradigm that belongs in the patriarchy and the patriarchy doesn't serve anybody patriarchy isn't about men it's a system that's failing everybody Um, what I'm talking about is balance and, you know, you've got all of this amazing stuff available to you. You know, if, if we don't have women empowered in the world, we're not going to be around for much longer. It can't carry on like this. The same as if we don't empower men in, in ways that are authentic and work for us as a as a, as a human race.
0: Um, so we are coming up to the last 10 minutes of the show. Is there anything that you're just really passionate to talk about that you want to educate us on while you're here? Okay. For most of your time?
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to be doing a post uh in the next day or two. Again, harking back to it, I was like, I'm not forcing myself to content all the time, so when the time is right, but I'm brewing up to do a bit of writing about um, telling your truth and telling your story. Um, so very briefly, me and Nicola were talking about what's happened in America with um, Dr. Christine Blasey-Ford, and I've been really, really moved by her story and her courage to to go and stand in front of the world's press, and in front of the, you know, her, the United States Senate, and make a stand for truth, knowing that um, there's she's been humiliated across the media. She's had death threats. She's had rape threats. Donald Trump himself has humiliated her and taken that you know, has mocked her. And um, Brett Kavanaugh, for those who know, has been appointed anyway. But what I want to say is that what she did, telling your truth, is bigger than all of that. It's bigger than what happened. It's bigger than um, the. It's bigger than politics. It's bigger than you know who's in power at the time. Telling your truth, and the tidal wave of change that is being unleashed by what she and other women have done, especially in the Me Too movement, is bigger. It's it's. It's rising. The feminine energy is rising as well as the divine masculine energy. There is a huge balance and a huge change that is coming. And um, if I could encourage anybody to um, do anything, it's it's keep speaking and keep telling your truth.
0: Amazing. That's what I hope to do here as well, to tell my truth over the airways and also have people like yourself come in and inspire other people, motivate people at home and just in standing in your own shoes. Because that's how I feel Mm. when I did my very first talk and I was ill for a month because <laughs> I was so nervous and yeah. I actually felt you know public speaking as they say death is the highest fear and public speaking is next you know and even when they tell you that you don't know, think well I'm going to have to be scared now because it's the most scariest thing ever Yeah, you know other than death yeah. so I was scared for a month <laughs> yeah. I was literally coming up with a rash and everything I couldn't sleep Um, but in that moment I feel like it's I was actually standing in my own shoes and it was the first time I really owned my space and felt present in my body Mm -hmm. and and I was telling my story and I was so emotional but I felt like it it was actually a really good thing and for me before one of my limiting beliefs was that you shouldn't show your emotions Mm -hmm. and in the family that I'd come from certain people in my family had made it feel that way to me that you shouldn't really show your emotions and so that was just what I was holding on to and so it was a massive release just letting out those emotions speaking my truth and actually the audience it was really well received and, and they were all crying by the end of it, oh, hugging me and, it and everything. And, and I was talking about body talk. positivity and eating disorders. And it was um, it was at the Excel, so it was a massive place, but it was in small sections. They mm. had different things going on at the time. And people were able to walk past and go to different things. And people had walked past and, and seen my slides and heard me talking and had stopped and said, you spoke to me today and I had to hear that and yeah. even if it was just one person for me that was what i needed to do just to help somebody else because i remember there were times in my journey where i felt like i was the only one and i just wanted to help that one person just to know that they weren't the only one
1: yeah it's that it's that is that courage to be vulnerable which clearly yeah. you did and that that allows people to connect and that you know your story changes lives
0: yeah it's amazing that's that's what ted's about isn't mm. it as well telling yeah. stories and, and changing lives yeah Yep. Yeah, so that's what I aim to do on this show as well I think that's so what you are doing I'm excited thank to you. be here and I'm so <laughs> glad that you've come on the show <laughs> thank you for asking me um, <laughs> is there any last track that you'd like
1: to play before you leave?
0: Um, oh from my little uh, yeah. thing I sent you I'm going to have to
1: come over here and have a look if I can get over here
0: so where can we find out more information about you? obviously I'm going to be posting everything on Facebook for people who aren't on Facebook
1: um so sorry you can I speak really, to me. You really find me I'm like I've gotta find a really good song and now I'm like just staring at songs, so you might have to just take that away from me. Um so you can find me at the Cheek of It, which is uh, cheekofit.co.uk and there you'll find all the burlesque courses and you'll find out about coaching. If you want to work with me as a coach or if you want to join one of our coaching circles, you can find it all there under Femininity Coaching and you can also follow us at at Cheek on Instagram or at Zoe Charles Femininity Coach on Instagram and um, on Facebook the same. So I think you're going to post up the links anyway, aren't you? So that's where you can
0: find me and us and what we do. Yep brilliant thank okay. you let's have that song <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: just gonna go back to the oh do you know what how funny
0: is this ah oh, amazing <laughs> it's meant to be <laughs> is that
1: gonna play yep what's this song, song this is I Am What I Am by Gloria Gaynor which is actually completely surprised me because it's just on a list of uh, tracks um, and this was a uh, hen party that I did and the, the maid of honour wanted the hen to have this song but as I was just blindly looking like oh my god I need a song I need a song that just came up and was like well after what we've been talking about I think we need to uh, get our fabulous on and declare that uh, we are who we are Yeah, amazing
0: thank you so much for being on the show Zoe thank you it's been an absolute pleasure that's it for this week. We will be back next week. 91.8 Haze FM, the yeah, Way She Radio Show. Ooh, ooh, I am what I am. I don't want praise, I don't want pity. I bang my own drum. Some think it's noise, I think it's pretty. And so, what if I love each father like? Things from a different angle Your life is a sham Till you can shout out